I'm holding up cue cards right now because Nathan has forgot how to podcast. It's been so long. Wait, why'd you write him in cursive, though? <laughs> he doesn't know cursive. Hi, Addy. How are you doing? Doing great. How about you? Good. We haven't talked in forever, except for the half hour we were just talking. And the time I came to Colorado. That's right. Yeah. And stayed Other in than your that, shed. Yeah, the have not shut. Oh, brother. Welcome to the office. It's uh, time to talk about the office. Season four finale. Finally. Yeah, it's taken us a long time to get here, but we're finally here. And really, the reason that we are here is because of the people asking for us to come back and record. That's like, right. We wouldn't have probably wouldn't have done it without those really kind and um just amazing emails that we receive. Yeah, and messages on Instagram and Facebook. So I'm going to shout those people out at the end. I did record their names somewhere. Okay, great. Great. Um, so we're of- at season four, episode 18 and 19. Goodbye, Toby. And it's it came out May 15th, 2008. Our first segment is called Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Yes. Let's read it and switch off every punctuation mark. In this episode... <laughs> Wait, I got it. You oh, you didn't do it? No, I did, but I got it from IMDb. Oh, no. Which I even read. Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Okay, one second. Bring it up. The, the, the information movie data bad website. <laughs> data bad. Okay, go ahead. In this episode. Toby Flenderson spends his last day at Dunder Mifflin before moving to Costa Rica. Michael Scott develops feelings for the new human resources representative, Holly Flax. Who makes her first appearance in this episode. Jim Halpert's plan to propose to Pam Beasley gets ruined after Andy Bernard makes a proposal of his own. Elsewhere, Ryan Howard is fired as a vice president of the company for misleading the shareholders and is sent to prison. That's right. Ah, poor what Ryan. I know, poor Ryan. The real crime was the... Mustache. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> the half beard. Yeah. I mean, it was a trend at the time. What are the sentencing guidelines for half for beard? For fraud? Oh, for half beard. <laughs> Did you notice the. Um, so the whole staff is like around watching him get arrested on a YouTube video. And yeah. did you notice the title of the YouTube video? Yes, I did. It was. Uh, oh, I. It was. Whoa, check it out. <laughs> How did they find that? I know. Maybe it was going around in the company Discord. Oh, wait, that was a long time ago. It was def. It had to be like forwarded from um, the warehouse. It probably packing, said packing, you, yeah, packaging at Dunder Mifflin. It was probably like, if you don't forward this to 10 friends, you'll have bad luck. <laughs> if you don't forward this to 10 friends, you'll be arrested for fraud. <laughs> yeah. So, Great Scott Productions and Trivia. This episode is directed by Paul Feig, written by Paul Lieberstein, Toby, goodbye, and Jennifer Salota. Sol- yeah. And Greg Daniels. What did he do? Oh, IMDb credits him for Raider. All right. Well, IMDb is the best <laughs> source. But Apparently. Wikipedia didn't. But we got a guest star, don't we? Uh, Yeah, Moe's. Andy, <laughs> Andy's parents. Jan. I meant, I meant uh, one more person. Holly Flax. Yeah. 
played by Amy Ryan from... From? This is just like, you sound just like Greg from On, on cinema. cinema. Yeah. From, <laughs> from? Who was in? <laughs> who was in and who is married to and who has the same last name as the first name of Ryan Howard. Good job. Amy Ryan Howard, yes. <laughs> she was on The Wire. Didn't you watch that show? Oh, yeah, I love that. That's probably the best. Well, I can't say it on this podcast, but it's probably the second best written TV. Comedy. Comedy. About <laughs> on, Baltimore. On television. <laughs> on television. Thank yeah. you. First is Mr. Show. <laughs> Should we talk about some trivia? Yeah. I have one trivia nugget for you. This was a, this episode was submitted as um, Steve Carell's tryout, an Emmy winner, or I don't know how that works. <laughs> this is Emmy submission. They submitted how it does to that the work? Emmy. Oh, oh, okay. okay, yeah. I, yeah, I guess they thought it was like his best performance. So what do they do? Like they just email it over or MP3 <laughs> file? <laughs> they put it on uh, YouTube. Emmy says, oh, wow, check this out. And then they send it to everyone <laughs> at the Academy. They tag the Academy. Yeah, yeah. the Emmy Academy. Yeah, that's um, something. <laughs> I, here's some trivia. The they were originally going to put a badger in Holly's car, but it was too hard to get a badger, so they switched to a raccoon. Who would have thought it would be easier to get a badger? I don't know. Possum would have been the easiest. I have a guy. Yeah, yeah. But what if they play dead, and then they, you think it's a dead possum? That'd be a different vibe. <laughs> they too, yeah, different vibe. Yeah, still same hazing, though. Yeah. Um, another piece of trivia is. Angela is pregnant in this this episode, and actually, during the sex scene in the off Dwight, um, that was when she got pregnant. We wish, but no, she was pregnant before. Um, he had just eaten a tuna sandwich, and she had really bad nausea from being pregnant, and so she said that it was really hard for to um, kiss Rainwell in that scene. You know that I bet that <laughs> piece of trivia came from Office, the ladies, office ladies. So strike that from the record. <laughs> <laughs> the second best podcast about the office on the internet. Yeah. First it's is like, Kevin's. Third like, is ours. It's like Office Ladies and the Wire, and then <laughs> the Off Five and the Office. That's right. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's um. That's some good trivia. Maybe don't like eat a tuna fish sandwich then. Rain. If you're, if you're about to do a sex scene. I in the very last episode said that I can never tell when actors are pregnant oh yeah but in this one i i forgot about that and when i saw her face i was like what the hell's going she's on preg. she's yeah. preg yeah yeah did i accidentally put this in widescreen no she's pregnant <laughs> she is very pregnant yeah because you said in the last episode they were like hiding her tummy a lot which i i guess i didn't notice again maybe that's why she didn't get up to go yeah. on the stage and on um oh to accept the proposal and also um, why she was just sitting during the whole entire party. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would have been normal. She would have done that anyway, but... Yeah, it was totally in character, both both of those, so... Yeah, it goes well. Yeah. There's a bunch of deleted scenes, and apparently in one of those, Jan said the sperm bank donor was Andy Roddick, the rocket tennis player, but we, we know it was Kevin, so... No <laughs> by the IHOP? Yeah, by the IHOP. <laughs> Do you have any more trivia for the Great Scott production and trivia segment? I do not. Next, we will be talking about Crack Open, a cold open, which is a, our segment that we talk about. Right. In this one, Jim 
redirects Dwight's phone so that he can talk to it on his Bluetooth, his little Bluetooth earpiece. And his desk phone, he forwards to Jim's, Jim forwards Dwight's desk phone to his phone. Yeah. Which Uh, I thought was actually like kind of mean. I did not like this prank at all. No, I didn't either. I thought it was like. And then for him to answer the phone when his mom calls. Yeah. And like, you know, I guess a client called like one of the times it was Pam. So that's fine, I guess. I don't think it's very professional to yeah do this in the workplace. Have like his thing. Also, like a lot of times the other pranks like we've like seen there's something that Dwight was just doing to like yeah. earn it. I don't really know what this is all about. It seems like it'd be frustrating for anybody. Yeah. And like Pam playing along with it. It's usually kind of funny, but in this instance, like, they're sitting maybe 15 feet away from each other, so it's just not believable. Yeah. That, Pam, it's me. No, yeah, we know that it's not you, you know? Right. So, One of the worst. It is, yeah. we've seen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. This is a great episode, though, so let's move on. Yeah. Um, Our next segment is called How the Turntables, <laughs> in which we talk about all of the phrases that Michael has said this episode that have gotten messed up. That's right. One of these turntables is one of the ones that originally made me want to do this as a segment. And it's this. Holly is the best thing to happen to this country since World War II. (laughs) 50 years. (laughs) Because it's so, it's technically right. I mean, probably not because the company might not be that old, but Technically, you're saying it's happened since then. But when you say something, it's the best thing since something, you don't mean time-wise. You mean that the previous best thing was that, right? Yes, exactly. And and when he says that, it makes it seem like he thinks that World War II was only 50 years ago. That's true. Was it? it No, no. It was like a (laughs) hundred. Uh, World War II was over like in the early 40s, right? So that would have been... Yeah. Well, because I'm thinking like... 65? But then I'm thinking like this episode came out what? Like now 20 years ago almost? 2008. Yeah. My math is fuzzy. 15, yeah. But, right. So he's wrong about the number of years. And there's also... It makes it sound like he thought that World War II was one of the best things that happened to the company. Or that Holly was as destructive to this company as World War II. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, that is a good one. I didn't even write that one down. The uh, best one I found was um, that we need to kiss under the Holly. <laughs> and that she's a Holly Graham. That's right. Are Some you even real? There. <laughs> um, he called uh, E.T. a monster. Yeah, and he did say that Holly is... Dunder Mifflin's extraterrestrial. Yeah. He said N3P. He downloaded some N3Ps. And Jim says, that's not it. <laughs> and then he says, I'm making her a CD mixtape. And he says, close. Which I actually think that one's okay. Yeah, but. to say a CD mixtape. And um, then in that same breath almost, he says that it wasn't love at first sight, but it was love at first see with his ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that one. Okay, so Michael also says... Foot money, which I don't know. Actually, Angela says foot money. I don't, don't really want your foot money. I don't think that that's really a, how the turntables, but I do think that just like the whole idea of putting money in your shoe is sort of like just a Michael thing in general. So 
I did put it in this category. I know you might find that controversial, but Mm -hmm. foot money. Foot money. All right. Let's move on to Kevin's Chili's, where we talk about the references in this episode. Pop culture and maybe not so pop culture. What did you notice? The place called the Glider Diner. (laughs) I looked it up. Looks pretty cool. Oh, is it a real place? It's a real place in Scranton. Also, Jared's or Garrity's? I think it's Jared's Supermarket, where the where Kevin mm, goes. Mm-hmm. It's a privately held chain of grocery stores located in Pennsylvania. Oh, that's amazing. That's great um, advertisement for them. Yeah. I don't... Well, they don't say the name, but you see it. I'm not sure if they made a fake sign. Probably, right? Yeah, Probably. Plus, there's a little place called IHOP. Yeah, a mom and pop place called IHOP. Yeah, the little breakfast joint. Um, there's also the movie Woman Stands at Desk and Works, which is a sequel to the Yoda thing. What was the third in this trilogy? <laughs> Woman dies of carpal tunnel. Oh, no. <laughs> kind of a sad ending. <laughs> After the first two were lighthearted romantic comedies. Good one. Um, I have some other movies. Go ahead. And by movies, I mean one movie. And that movie is Animal House. And it's just because Michael says that you might go toga, toga, when having a party where the devil exploded and evil was gone from the world forever. Ooh, that was a good one. I did not catch that one. I put down the movie Yoda. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Star, uh, Star Trek, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. You mean? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I meant. You mean? Uh, <laughs> um, what about music, though? There's so songs, much. Songs, yeah. Yeah. Crash Into Me is a one that speaks on two levels, which is Welcome to Scranton and also I Love You um, also, by the Dave, Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, it's kind of a synonym for Bang Into Me. Bang into me we have a uh, hit songs goodbye toby beers in heaven total eclipse of the fart yeah based on beers in heaven i mean tears in heaven tears in heaven by eric clapton total eclipse of the heart um, by bonnie tyler and goodbye stranger has been uh stuck in my head for about a week preparing for this podcast that's super tramp super tramp and then you two which right you two michael mistakenly thinks originated in scranton mm-hmm. instead of ireland ireland yeah. <laughs> yeah ireland. uh and then also um daryl's band is playing just my imagination by the temptations oh before andy gets up to propose spoilers oh um and then he plays some other song at the end which is like but i couldn't figure out how to google that and when I asked uh, Siri to identify the name of that song, she wasn't able to because it's like a cover because they're playing it. So I don't know. Oh, my gosh. You know that song? Yeah, of course. It's like a very like circusy song. Is it like a bar mitzvah song? Is it uh, the Hava Nagila? No. What, what was that? The Hava, Hava Nagila. In the Hava Nagila, honey. No, that was like... No. <laughs> no, it's Hava Nagila Hava Nagila Hava. Yeah, that's definitely Bar Mitzvah. That's yeah. like the chair the chair dance song, right? Something dun, like that. Dun, dun. Anyway. Or the yeah. We're gonna have to 
do a little more research on that and come back to it. Get back to you. <laughs> so for TV, uh, there is a reference to an SNL skit by John Lovitz. Um, oh, right. They say acting or acting. acting, acting. Yeah. The master thespian. Yeah. Yeah. There's another reference to category we don't usually do, but medications. <laughs> oh, antidepressants? Antidepressants um, and Accutane and Propecia. Oh, that's right. Michael, took, you took Accutane? I took or Accutane. Propecia. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. That's for male pattern baldness. It's like finasteride. But Oh, is that explain what happened to Michael after the first season of The Office? I guess so. He got a prescription for Propecia. <laughs> but and- he wants to make sure that Jan didn't take that while she was pregnant. I do know that Accutane, they were like definitely like if you had to like get a pregnancy test before and stuff like it's it is very severe because it's basically like a really high dose of vitamin A. Yeah. And, the, and yeah, severe to, birth defects you can get from that. Yeah. And you have to like be on birth control. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alopecia. There's another reference. to Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's another reference. To- Pecia mean in Latin. It has to do with hair. It's got to be, right? Uh, the root of... Uh, oh, it's a la- Latin meaning piece. Hmm. How does that... Hair piece? <laughs> I don't know. It's Latin for... Uh, what do you call the little hair piece? Toupee. Yeah, it's Latin for toupee. That's all yeah. I have for references. I, I mean, the only other thing is Lamaze class, which... Michael does get invited to and then wants to know <laughs> what it is. He agrees to go and then says, what is that? It's a birthing class, right? Yeah. Whenever they, She says whenever they need a partner, she has to grab a pool noodle. Not really sure what she's doing with it. I feel like she'd probably be like wrapping it around her back and like using it as like a for pushing. Oh, is that? Okay. It's like partnered pushing. I guess. I'll let you know. I'm not pregnant. I just... She's just going to find out in nine months yeah. and let us know. <laughs> Hopefully before then. Yeah. Um, Hopefully. Uh, that's all the uh, references I have for um, Kevin's chili. chili. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, you got a I good got one? a few more. Okay. One, Black Cat Fireworks. Oh, yeah? Two, the whole toilet seat thing. Uh, you mean like that you can get pregnant from a toilet seat? Okay, well, if yeah. we're counting that, then I'm going to count two condoms. That's my next one, yeah. <laughs> so do you have anything to say about two condoms? Well, I mean, a quick Google search will let you know that you should never do that. But yeah, too I much mean, friction. Too much friction and then they'll rip, right? Yeah, th- I mean, does anybody really think that works? Jan. <laughs> yeah, you cheated on oh. me when I specifically asked you not to. Okay, so we talked a while back about like maybe that um, Hunter could be the father of this child, a conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to propose that this two condom thing (laughs) means that Michael is actually the father. Oh my gosh. Because it ripped, because that's not a good idea. And even if that's not true. The question is, was it before or after the vasectomy? Which one? Snip, snap, snip. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Could be anywhere in there. And you're right, it could be. He could be the father. Could be. The, the, the baby could be anyone's. <laughs> Literally. Except Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But actually, it could be Michael's, too. It could be Michael's because of the two con. <laughs> yeah. How about fashion show? Fashion show? Fashion show at lunch? Well, we've got a nice stylish watch, which was set to Costa Rica time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually wasn't set to Costa Rica time because remember when the watch alarm went off? It was right when Toby was leaving. Michael had set that alarm. He set it for when Toby would be leaving, but but it was like uh, like at night. Did he know when that party was going to be over? Did they have the party during the workday? Yeah, but it ended at night. And then Hank was still out. there. So what time? So I'm so I'm guessing Scranton is East Coast time, right? Mm-hmm. Costa Rica time is two hours Central early. time, so it'd only be one hour difference, right? It's eight fifty-seven p.m. in Costa Rica right now. Isn't that the time it is where you are? Yeah. Well, yeah, eight so fifty-eight by the time I looked. Uh, okay, so it's one minute behind wherever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the same as where you are. So he did set it back. I don't know. I think they just said like he's going to set it for the time Toby leaves. And then later on, they had it go off and it was on Toby's wrist. And Toby didn't know why there was an alarm set. I mean, it could be for anything. It could be the time that Michael takes his Propecia. Other fashion moments. Uh, Michael has a tie that looks like one of those optical illusions. Um, White lines that are slanted. And when you kind of like blur your eyes a little bit, you might be able to see like a giraffe or something in there oh yeah i did you see a giraffe on his tie no but he was moving around too much (laughs) (laughs) you have to unfocus your eyes yeah yeah the other fashion moment that i noticed was kelly's no meredith's kelly green coat it was a trench coat and it's like this bright green it's when she's taking a picture of pam and toby and it looks like just kind of out of character for her i was surprised to see that costume choice on her Hmm. And green and red aren't the best compliments and with her hair color. Yeah. Actually, it is a compliment. It is? Green is the compliment to red, yeah. Gross. Well, her hair's not really red, is it? It's orange. True. I mean, redheads are orange hair. <laughs> do you have any fashion moments? You know I do. <laughs> Wait, I rephrased that wrong. You know I do. Okay. <laughs> no, Holly. I like the, you know, I do. I do. Holly's wearing a gray skirt suit is that what it's called skirt, skirt suit? suit skirt suit yeah i think so i've heard pants suit skirt this isn't a pants suit. suit it's a skirt suit <laughs> it's hard to say it's got a gray vest which i think looks very nice now she's wearing a white shirt under there and so many buttons are unbuttoned like i i would not have that much of my sternum showing especially for your first day as an hr representative I mean, it looks great, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I little, don't want to say anything bad about it because I feel like I'm just like reinforcing uh, like. Oh, yeah, because workplace. Workplace. Yeah. Codes, but it's surprising. I'll say. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if she didn't have the the vest on. Yeah. Be a little more. But yeah, here's a lot. You know what I think should wear? What Pam is wearing? Tan suit. Tan. Tan pants. Male pattern baldness. Tan tie. Tan shirt. Tan hair. Tan eyebrows. Tan eyes. Tan everything. Face that looks disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. I also think like Pam is really killing it in the business casual department because she's got like this nice cardigan on, but it's a nice pop of color. It's a little 
pinkish, you know? Yeah. Looks good. Everyone's looking great. Yes, except for Toby. Who looks the same as always. Yeah. (laughs) Sad. Okay, let's do a segment called We Gotta Make Sure YouTube Comes Down to Film This, where we talk about how The Office is sometimes like a documentary. Yeah, lots of intercut um, talking heads or in the moment kind of interviews in this episode. Interchanged with like, I noticed in particular, Pam being interviewed during the song. Right. uh, About, you know, wanting to be proposed to. So it's kind of like intercut with the footage of the fart of the farty, the party, (laughs) the um, total eclipse of the farty. Yeah. So another one I had was when Holly's talking to Kevin, because Holly thinks Kevin is hired under this program. He looks at the camera a lot being like, "Mm -hmm." mm hmm. Um, That look was was very noteworthy. And then it cuts like you said, to the talking head where he says, I'm going to bang Holly. Mm-hmm. Which we can talk about later. And uh, Jim, we have a good hallway shot, like like kind of a more discreet shot of Jim in the hallway leaving a voicemail for Ryan. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like talk, basically, not threatening, but saying like, hey, you better step off, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got any other ones for that one? No, besides the fact that they're actually watching a YouTube video and I feel like we should shout that out because it's we got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this. They actually did get YouTube down to film Ryan getting arrested. So <laughs> yeah, I wonder who was really filming that and why. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, the the vice president of Dunder Mifflin. I don't know what that is. No, I don't <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know that he had that title. Yeah. Um, I, I have a couple other ones, which was like when Chan is at the grocery store and Michael's kind of like, oh, I don't know, why did you bring me down here? That like the camera zooms in on her uh, pregnant tum-tum <laughs> to, to let you, the audience, know that that's why the conversation has changed. Yeah, that's a good one. Also, just this whole scene with Michael and Chan talking, it's the golden hour. It's- it is. the The lighting is like really great compared to especially like earlier in the afternoon at the party and stuff. I have to assume that it was just that time when they were filming or like that they filmed around that because they thought it would look nice. But I don't think you would like bring in a whole crew because this doesn't really serve any narrative purpose for it to be the golden hour during this scene. No, it doesn't. And normally we don't get to see many scenes outside. It's mostly fluorescent lighting. So maybe that's why we notice it more. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it does. It it like has the the vibe of like a um, teen drama more than like yeah. the office. Like it feels different. They're glowing. They're oh, glowing. They're so happy. She's pregnant. That's right. Um, and last one I had is like in the cold closing of this episode. Not really a cold, but you know, in the closing of the episode, it shows the camera crew following Phyllis in. She's talking right to the camera about how party planning is like a high and then (laughs) you get to see zoom in on Dwight and Angela having an affair. And that's where it ends. There's no like, I mean, there's a gasp, but there's no, um, you know, like it does become part of the plot later on Mm -hmm. because it's like a blackmail. Yeah. It's never really discussed even between Angela and Phyllis that we get to see, you know, that's right. 
You gotta pay attention. Um. Do you think the world is crawling with Phyllisis? I don't, but many do. Many would say that there are a lot of Phyllises in this world. Scientists, the scientific community Agreed, is worried that, yeah. that Phyllises are actually maybe not crawling everywhere and that they're becoming endangered. Or they're becoming bipedal and yeah, a lot of quadrupedal. So do competition. A lot of times you got to tag them, tag their ears. Tag going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go through the characters. Hey, Ryan Howard, vice president of Dunder Mifflin, definitely in no legal trouble. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was interesting when Jim called him to kind of get a validation for making a sale. And Ryan says, congratulations on doing your job. Like, did they not teach you any management skills in business school? Because if I said that to one of my staff members, like, ooh, all hell would break loose. And that's what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's even worse than that because it'd be like, hey, Addy, great job on this podcast. And I'd be like, yeah, that's my job. Well, let me finish. Great job on being this podcast and doing a bad job. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. I think he's probably too coked up to um, have interpersonal skills at this point. But yeah, I uh, that could be it. Um, and then he's like so hyper focused on logging on to the website. I'm In not other really words, sure. fraud. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not really sure how you get away with that because it seems like a pretty simple scheme, which Mm -hmm. is just like record sales twice. You have to tell everyone. Yeah. Like record it twice, record it twice. Like, yeah, no, he's going to get in trouble. I don't even know where else to put this, but it's kind of hard to believe. Like Ryan's big idea is what if we had a website to sell paper on? And then like the whole answer is like, it wasn't doing well. So they had to like do all this fraud to make it seem like the website was doing well. The website would do well. It's 2008. Like, they need a website. This is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. As if people wouldn't be doing things on the website. That's true. And, I mean, maybe they made the website too complicated because, remember, there was, like, a chat. (laughs) Yeah. Chat room. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Like, sure. All kinds of stuff. So, um, but, yeah, I don't think. wary of being lured these days. They might have had, like, some sort of projections that. You know, he didn't meet or whatever, but. Mm -hmm. Also, when you have like a scheme like that, you can't uh, tell everybody to do it. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You can't be like, everyone, make sure you duplicate your sales. That makes no sense. Yeah. It's like those 9-11 truthers that think that they're like everybody in the World Trade Center and like everyone in the FBI and everyone in the airline is all in on it. It's like, you know, that's like a lot of people. That's too many people. Keep in line. Too many people. (laughs) Can't really do a conspiracy like that. And you were like, and also like sacrifice that plane or whatever. You know, it's like, it's just too, it's way easier to imagine that it's like something simple. Yeah, it's, it's not a good fraud scheme. And that's why it didn't last very long. Probably. Bad fraud, yeah. Um, but speaking of Ryan in prison, Kelly is planning her her revenge outfit, which is going to be a really cute jumpsuit, and all of the prisoners are going to be really jealous and be like, "Why didn't you treat her better when she was <laughs> when you were outside of prison?" Ooh, I would have treated her so much better when I was outside <laughs> of prison. She's going to wear her hottest tracksuit. <laughs> Forgive me if this is too personal, but what which which is your hottest tracksuit? <laughs> it's definitely the juicy couture. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, Um, especially in 2008, juicy. Yeah, 
I love when Kelly is talking to Toby and like the beginning. She's like, how do you feel? And he's like, I feel fine. She's like, I feel weird. And then gives him a hug. It's actually really yeah. sweet because it's like, I know. it's like a genuine, like that is her annex, you know, partner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What is Toby going to do without Kelly bringing back Ryan or Daryl? Making out. Wait, Toby won't be there. I don't know. <laughs> what is Kelly going to do? Just bring whoever she wants back there. So one more thing about Kelly. After the proposal, Kelly goes up to Angela and says, can I have your something? And Angela says no, and she leaves. And I could not hear it. And I couldn't figure out how to turn the subtitles on Apple TV. Wait, Kelly says says to Angela? Yeah, can I have your something? And Angela says no, and then Kelly goes away. Huh. I should have watched it on the DVD with the subtitles, but now I realized I didn't have that on my to-do list. Let's see if it's on Google. Yeah. Can I have your... Can I have your blessing? What does that mean? Blessing for what? Oh, yeah, can I have your blessing? What... Apparently they cut like so much out of this episode. Why do they leave this in? People, I didn't she, even remember oh, that scene was in there. She asked if she could be your bridesmaid. Can oh. I be your bridesmaid? And then Angela says no. Yeah. Not a big loss because this wedding does not happen. Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah. Kelly wants to be the bridesmaid because she loves buying new dresses. She does wear a white dress to Phyllis's wedding. Or She's not a bridesmaid. Pam. Was it Phyllis or Pam? wedding i I think it was phyllis's i look really great in white that was an emergency (laughs) (laughs) it was an emergency (laughs) yeah yeah and then kevin is like mistakenly categorized as someone who's uh disabled Mm -hmm. um on a special work program and you would think that the way that holly treats him you would to kevin it's turning him on (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's very like uh infantilizing you know, because it is. He has seventy five cents in his hand, and Holly's like trying to help him count it. Um, and that is oh, the this moment. This is a button. Yeah, and this is the moment where Kevin says, "I'm going to bang Holly," and it's like that's what makes you think that maybe he just yeah. doesn't get female attention. I mean, he, he likes ha- it. He had a a girlfriend. Yeah, Stacy. Stacy. Yeah, he tells her about the M&M's, the vending machine. He says he's going to drive to the store. Question. Yes. You drive your own car? <laughs> Just like you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Do you have a car? I'm going to go buckle him in, even though he buggled himself in like moments ago. I know. Oh, we can go eat pie. Yeah, we could eat pie. It's a big day for him. Yeah, lots going, going on. the grocery store by himself. <laughs> lots going on. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean... I also do think that this didn't age well. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, to haze someone by telling them that somebody else has a disability and making them like treat them differently. Um, not a good look. Oh, Holly, that's very insensitive. At least <laughs> Holly does figure it out. Let me check my notes. Oh, next season after the entire summer has <laughs> happened of Holly working with Kevin. Yeah, it's not just that Holly infers this dwight explicitly says like kevin is on a work program oh yeah holly, she says to michael it's really cool that you hired yeah. kevin and michael's like yeah thanks <laughs> oh uh-huh. my god yeah good hire yep yep it's like wow weird compliment but sure yeah I, I, I agree that one probably didn't age so hot and 
Also, in general, I think it probably wasn't great for Kevin's character because I feel like this is the point where they like commit to it is possible you could think that Kevin actually has a disability based on how he talks. Right. Which they continue to write him as, which as we notice in like the first couple of seasons is not really the case for Kevin before that. Right. This is like a turning point for the character. And unfortunately, they turn him into like this uh, very cliche kind of mm-hmm. character that doesn't have a lot of room for growth. You know, like he right. can't really go anywhere else after being put into this box. Every character growth he has like being in a band and like being good at gambling and stuff has already been done and mm-hmm. it's already it's mm-hmm. it's only season four it, mm-hmm. it, i think actually all that was done in season two mm-hmm. so yeah they they really like start restricting him and it would be totally cool to have a differently abled character on the office but that's not really what they're doing and in fact they're kind of doing the opposite of that because they're like saying that and then they're like saying it's offensive to even think that so whatever didn't age that great but oscar is there to describe Ryan's fraud and give his opinion that the real crime was the beard, which, which might be one of the best lines. It is. <laughs> I know. And I don't even think he has any other lines, but I love how they brought him in to say that. Yeah. The only other time he's mentioned is when Michael says that he could see of the accountants that Andy could propose to. He could mm-hmm. see Angela, but he could also see Oscar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Andy's not dating Oscar. <laughs> so yeah, it would so be more surprising. It, it would be a little more surprising, but you know, stranger yeah. things have happened at the office. <laughs> yeah. I've been dating this person for a few months now, and now I'm going to propose to that person. <laughs> <laughs> the old bait and switch. <laughs> hey, whatever uh, floats your boat. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about Toby. He's in the title. Does he do anything in this episode? Well, he d- he looks for a camera to take a picture with him and um, Pam, and it's probably the loudest we've ever heard him. Where he, does anybody have a camera here? <laughs> it's a it's a meme for sure. That was gonna be my question to you if anyone has a camera here. No one has a camera here though. <laughs> it, it's it's so funny how later on how he brings it up as if they hadn't talked about it. He's like, oh, actually, I was just thinking it'd be cool if uh, if we had a photo together. And Meredith like is you- like, your smile is weird, and it's like, yeah, because she was thinking about she was gonna get proposed to. Yeah. And she's thinking about, so like, stop thinking about that, Pam. Think about how you always thought Toby was kind of cute. I mean, did anyone have a phone that they could have taken a picture with? Is that like not Uh, a thing in 2008? They would have been pretty bad photos. Yeah, that's true. Like, I doubt anyone in this place would have an iPhone. It's like a Blackberry was like the only thing. Yeah, I think iPhone was like Sidekick. 2007, 2008. But like, but you know, they were really expensive at that the, time for yeah. compared to other phones. The iPod was just pretty new within the last mm-hmm. five years at that point. Yeah, true. Like 2001, maybe. Yeah, Toby is also supposed to be in a slideshow, but they only have two pictures of him and it's like the same picture. Yeah. Also, is Toby leaving because of the Pam, like Pam and Jim locking everyone in? Well, I think it's that and that he, like, is estranged from his family. Mm. Plus, he's part of corporate, so he's not really part of this family. Yeah. (laughs) It's really... It is really sad, honestly. And I do feel like this is his opportunity to find himself. Yeah. He doesn't. Or, like, goes ziplining or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So when Toby maybe was talking about going to Costa Rica before, but then after he puts his hand on Pam's leg, he tells everyone he's moving to Costa Rica right now. Yeah. 
And that's why he's leaving. That's like the catalyst because he's not going to go back on his word. <laughs> yeah. It's just sad. It's, it is sad. It's very like he's always in the background, you know? Mm-hmm. And we'll probably never, ever see him again. Goodbye, Toby. It's been nice. Hope you find your Costa Rica. (laughs) I remember. Okay, so Angela is having a roller coaster of an episode. Yeah, which I didn't write down anything, but now that I'm thinking about it, she got proposed to, is pregnant, had sex with someone, like... There's a lot going on for her. Well, Angela character is impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I was but, uh, just, I was but just testing get, you. This is how she loses her place on the party planning committee. Yeah, this is like Yo. sets off a whole chain of events. She shreds the vendor list. She yeah. All she was going to do was a buttercream cake. <laughs> the slideshow. <laughs> but then it ends up being the best party they've ever had without her involvement. So. By far. Yeah, and then she gets proposed to, and then she starts an affair all in the same episode. Do you think she started the affair? Do you think this was the first time? I do, because Dwight, when she gets proposed to, says, like, it's my own fault. Like, he seems totally... Oh! So I think that this is, like, the getting more serious is, like, what kickstarts the affair. Even though later on she says she doesn't remember exactly when it started up, I think it's today. Interesting. Oh my gosh. So the first time they have sex, Phyllis sees. Mm-hmm. That is wild. That's so magical. <laughs> Phyllis sees. I'd like Phyllis to be around for every first union. <laughs> Did you get the Phyllis, the Phallus blessing? I mean, Phyllis blessing. <laughs> um, Angela, Creed doesn't really show up besides that he can't remember his job title, which is the quality assurance officer. Quality assurance. <laughs> Quality. Why is she asking all these questions? Yeah. Quabity. Quabity, yes. I think that's a, a great, yeah, I'm getting close. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do like that one a lot. Phyllis, this is really her chance to shine at the party planning, and she does. She mm-hmm. has a Ferris wheel, there's a jumpy house, there's a um, band, a live band. Um, mm-hmm. people invite their parents, karaoke. Was there karaoke? Oh, I guess kind of. Uh, did, how, why, <laughs> why did Andy invite his parents to this party? Because he was going to propose. I don't think he, he didn't know he's carrying that ring around for six years. Oh, really? He didn't know? He didn't know he was going to do it. And then his parents are just there. They're totally not the same parents as later. And they're also not even the same characters as later because they're all supportive yeah that's true they i don't think they should have left that in it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't he's like because it makes it sound like he just decided in the moment when he saw the fireworks to propose they've been dating less time than jim and pam but his parents were already there like he just invited them yeah and speaking of proposals like i just don't think it's a good place to propose at a work party like especially for Jim and Pam. So I'm almost happy that that happened for Hmm. that Andy decided to do it because I like it to be between just Jim and Pam. I agree, but I do feel like if Jim had proposed to Pam, it would have been off to the side, not on the stage. Which means there's a world where they, he could have been mid proposal when Andy jumped up. Oh my gosh, you're (laughs) right. (laughs) 
Because he was like pulling it out of his pocket while they were sitting on the side in the chairs. Yeah. He decides earlier when he's talking to Michael and is being like, this is where I got to know Pam. And this is where we like our relationship forms. And he's like, oh, I should propose here, which later on is basically what Michael decides when he proposes to Holly. And that was a good proposal, but it was because he decided against the gasoline. Aspect. Yeah, that's true. There were a lot of things that could have gone wrong. But I love Andy's um, invites Angela to come up there. And then she's like, no, I'm pregnant. I don't want it to be on the show. And then he's like, <laughs> then I'll come to you, my flower. And my then he flower. Says, Can you do me the honor of giving me your tiny hand in marriage? <laughs> and then she's like, okay. She Into says, the mic, sweetie. <laughs> she says, okay. And then he says, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> it's so awkward. And it's the beginning. He had this ring. Yeah, it's the beginning of many awkward. Because everybody eventually finds out about the affair. And, right. Except for Christmas. Andy. Yeah. So it's the beginning of the end for Andy. Yes, that's true. But carrying around a ring for six years just in case the right person and the right mood is there. I feel like if I had a ring for that long, maybe it's like an heirloom, mm-hmm. that maybe I would put it, not bring it when I wasn't dating anyone because the chances of proposal during those periods would be extremely low, right? I mean, that's like something you do with a condom, not a ring. <laughs> maybe that's, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Maybe he should have had two rings. <laughs> yeah, put two on at once. That's what yeah. they always say. Yeah. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> Please don't. The friction is untenable. Too much. <laughs> untenable. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't know. And the chances of losing it, too, you know? You have it in your pocket every single day. Like, mm-hmm. not a good look. Yeah. Well, and, Andy makes bad decisions, and this is one of them. And this, like, Jim also has had a ring for a long time. Like, what's up with these dudes at the office just having a ring for a long time and, like, waiting for... It's like... The first, it's they're like Venus flytraps. The first one to fall in my trap, I'm just going to propose to. You know, it's like, chill, guys. Well, Jim did get the ring after he started dating. Like the him. day after, though. I uh, thought about doing something like that, like just getting a ring early on and being like, whatever, I'll just follow my bliss. The problem with rings, they have to be like a certain size. But uh, <laughs> you don't really know anything about proposals, do you? <laughs> I was going to say, this is the advice that, I mean, I guess I'll announce it. I proposed, everybody. And I did call Nathan for, <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> and I called Nathan for advice. And he did say, I'm pretty sure you said something like, follow your bliss. Did I? I said, yeah. just carry a ring around for six years just in case you meet someone. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I have someone specific in mind. And yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Then maybe you get their size. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I, and it was like at a work party with a Ferris wheel that I proposed. I'm kidding. It wasn't. <laughs> Daryl's band was playing. <laughs> But seriously, did, did this like proposal scene now watching this, like since you've had a proposal, did it um, <laughs> this proposal scene so bad, though? It's what about so like the, the Jim and Pam? Like, what did that make you feel when you're watching it now? Um, I mean, I like the casual like I was saying, like, I like the 
because they just propose or he proposes just at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And I proposed at a campfire, like while we were camping. And so I love the surprise element of it, you know, because it's like very like like normally very um not mundane, but it's normal things, you mm-hmm. know. It's not like over the top, which I like because it's more intimate, you know. So you kneeled, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. I did. I was like, sit down, please. And then I knelt and popped the ring out. I had a little box for it. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't say, okay. And I didn't say, my flower. <laughs> he <laughs> Into was the like, microphone. <laughs> he was like, you want to get married? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, he did say, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Like the way that Annie does this is so unlikable because it's so performative above like, yeah. it's not a thing that she would like. It's not a thing that really has that much meaning to them. Like, it's just another, it's like when he does the, like, singing proposal to her. It's just like a totally self-absorbed performance of escalation where I do feel like in both of those cases, part of it, whether or not he knows it, part of the built-in aspect of it is that socially she'll be so expected to say yes. Yeah, it's like a pressure. It's like when people do it at like a baseball stadium or something. Yeah. You know, like you have to say yes and then say like, let's talk about this later because people are expecting you to say yes. And yeah, maybe that's what I why I didn't want Jim to propose at this moment because even though it would be off to the side, she couldn't hide her excitement and then everybody else is involved and they mm-hmm. kind of like wanted it to be between them for a little while. They did meet at the office, like he says, but they like kept their relationship secret for a while because they didn't want a lot of that so but also wouldn't pam have realized that jim couldn't propose once andy jumped up there he's she's like i thought he was gonna propose it's like well are you totally sure he wasn't going to (laughs) yeah i i would have been like oh good i'm glad he didn't propose on the same day as andy like right awkward and i'm glad that his idea wasn't the same like you know because it 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 does seem performative and so why would pam want that but yeah i agree we also have the return of jan haven't talked about her in a while apparently she didn't believe in showing affection at all no and she cheated well michael thought she cheated on him when he specifically asked her not to but it was really just going to the sperm bank (laughs) which i think is worse in some ways (laughs) hmm it's worse to do while you're in a relationship. Also making or, someone get a vasectomy. When you're yeah, in a relationship with someone who really wants to be a father and Michael and, and thought they would go hand in hand. Yeah, he said he thought he really loves sex and he really wanted to be a father. He thought they would go hand in hand. And Jan blames it on her age and says, "Yeah, if I was younger, I'd let uh Michael have a shot at it." <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, that's so gross. I know. Ugh. I don't know. I don't like it. But if Jan had just had the kid with Michael, they could have had video footage, not only of the delivery, but of the conception. Yeah, exactly. And then they could have watched it back and... Critiqued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With I, the kid. No, and no. like also just like joint custody and like all... Of, I don't know. Jan puzzles me. Am I the only one? <laughs> Mm. I am surprised that Jan still lives in Scranton and is going to the grocery store. Why the hell would she live in Scranton? She lived in New York before. Her family's on Scranton. She just like moved out with Michael and then just went down the street and rented another place. Like why? 
for she the, loves Scranton so much for the storyline of The Office. Oh, okay. I didn't think about that. I wouldn't have thought about that when I was breaking up with someone. <laughs> I have to because of the contract. <laughs> we uh we get to see Hank again, and he is told to escort Toby from the <laughs> told to escort Toby from the building so he doesn't steal anything. Uh, I'm not even sure Michael knows his name though because she calls him security guard. <laughs> yeah, they never know his name. <laughs> never. Um, well, even when you said Hank, I was like, huh. <laughs> oh yeah security guard yeah hey you <laughs> chief chief what's uh, up chief what about holly flax our newest character yeah she almost fell asleep because of the way that toby was describing the files and this is when michael realizes oh she actually could be cool she doesn't like toby yeah. and we instantly see the the connection i mean Ugh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're made for each other, but isn't she like bad at HR too? Yeah, she is. I noticed she said She lame. should not have made an orgy joke. No, she shouldn't have made an orgy joke and she shouldn't have said lame. And like, yeah, she's not lame. there's a lot of stuff where, and she shouldn't be treating folks who are disabled differently or like, like infantilizing them. Like there's a lot of stuff where um, you're like, ooh, Holly, <laughs> she, shouldn't she shouldn't be wearing be- her shirt unbuttoned. Probably, you know, I don't, <laughs> maybe not, but uh, she shouldn't be touching Michael's arm for such a long time. Yeah, I know. And inviting uh, him like the first night, inviting him to get dessert. Okay, so this is a fun game to play. Okay. If Holly were a man, would we like any of those things in that character? No. Only probably the low-cut shirt would we like. Yeah, not nothing else. The rest of this stuff is not acceptable. And that's how I feel about her as a woman, too. The only thing I like mm-hmm. is the low-cut shirt. Everything yeah. else is not okay as an HR right. Yeah, I know. I brought up that low-cut shirt thing. I feel bad. That's actually the least unacceptable thing she does. Yeah, it is. It's, it's actually fine to be fine with your body and stuff. I was just surprised. No, I agree with I, you. I mean, you have to remember this is the first day. Right. And she's an HR rep, you know? So. Yeah. Like maybe an orgy joke in the sixth month. <laughs> well, yeah. The thing is and- like as HR, like you should know that first of all, you need to have a rapport with people before you can like make jokes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess like she works for corporate. So it's not really like uh, specifically like she's like working at Michael's office. And I, I don't know. It's it's so hard to say. It's like, I guess, like, you just think, like, they just really are compatible, simpatico, which I guess they are. But I don't know. I don't know if maybe uh, Michael or Polly should be doing those things. Let's talk about Michael. Yeah. I mean, to go back to your point, though, that she works for corporate and works out of this office, it is kind of interesting that the structure of Dutter Mifflin allows for or insists on an HR rep being on site at each branch because mm-hmm. that's like not necessarily, you know, typical. Well, maybe they don't need one at every branch, just the one that Michael's running. <laughs> but then you're like, okay, but then shouldn't Michael just be like on a performance correction plan and not have to like pay a full-time employee to be there to watch him, you know? To, Probably. Yeah, so... Just that observation. But yeah, Michael is doing some things too that 
um, like he can be pretty candid with Jim and um, tell him that he's in love with Holly and Jim takes it with a grain of salt. But <laughs> imagine your supervisor comes up to you and says, oh, yeah, you knew that, you know, the new HR rep. I'm in love with her. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to kiss her. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another thing that like maybe hasn't aged that great is Jim's convincing Michael to barely keep it together. Mm hmm. If he's having to be dissuaded away, and I guess like even like ultimately later, like being dissuaded from like putting gasoline in the in her his proposal <laughs> plan, you know, maybe it's not the best idea to have someone running around only barely not doing crimes. <laughs> yeah, but it has to be that way for us to like the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, it's like a hard line between like because maybe that is like it. It's like almost. We wouldn't get this type of humor. Mm -hmm. And I think we've had this conversation before. Like, we wouldn't see this on TV now. And I'm not saying that it makes it okay, but it makes it cringy in a way that, like, we get. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't see nowadays. Oh, my God. I sound yeah. so old. Yeah. Nowadays. Okay. So we, we're talking about Michael. Michael couldn't sleep. He has so much energy. He's pretty sure this is going to be one of those days he remembers forever. And it is, but not because of Toby, who he'll never see again, because he will see him again, but because of Holly, which he doesn't know about yet. That's yeah. pretty cute. It is cute. And like when she uses Yoda's language and like the look that he gives the camera or the look he gives Holly when she returns his joke is priceless mm -hmm. and adorable. Mm -hmm. There isn't many people in the world that are a good match for Michael and the chances of Holly being the one as an HR mm -hmm. rep, after he has, like, these preconceived notions, her head is weird. <laughs> and they have to put in, she does the, like, Yoda thing, and that's good. And when she does the John Lovitz thing, too, mm -hmm. and then says Lovitz, then you have to be like, oh, she she's not just trying to suck up to the new boss. She's also a fan of this stupid mm -hmm. SNL sketch, you know? Like, otherwise, she wouldn't know that. That was very niche for them both to know that yeah to kind of like say it afterwards which is kind of what michael did in the first season because that's kind of what david did in the british office to like say something and then say the like character right after yeah or, like he's done that a few times since then but it's not really like a, a big thing but being like i don't know that Martin, michael you know? knew that the name of the character and thought that holly was saying like i love it <laughs> well yeah because she says love it's and he's like, was, "Yeah, me too." Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I thought, I thought he was just like surprised she was doing the same kind of reference that he would do. Maybe. Let's talk about Michael in the exit interview. Oh, when he doesn't do so hot. <laughs> when he threatens Toby and says, "I will kill you," like this with the hands cupping around his face, like that is uh -huh. one of the funniest things. And then the rock. Mm -hmm. that Dwight thinks is over the top and it says sucks <laughs> on this suck on this suck on the... <laughs> no don't Who open thought it this would be hilarious I you have did. so many presents in my car I didn't know which one I was grabbing um, hey same first question who who do you think you are <laughs> second question Toby what <laughs> correct <laughs> what gives you the right <laughs> and then Holly comes in um so we have uh <laughs> some interview questions and what is the question um what how could we approve dunner mifflin and then toby yeah. starts to answer and michael's like 
I don't answer that. I was just reading it out loud. <laughs> he stares at him. You know, if they had a really functional workplace, this kind of question might be asked throughout your employment, not only when you're yeah. leaving and yeah. only if the boss allows you to ask it. I was just thinking that too. Like, I don't know how many times I hear that. Like, what could improve? But then the thing is, you need to follow through on that suggestion. It'd be like, I'm following through on that. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that idea. That would be better than being like, yeah, we'll get to it and then never doing it. Yeah, that's Michael wants to have a party where he feels like he's flying through the air without an ugly weight holding him down. <laughs> and, and I think he's just so excited. It's so funny because he has this party that's for Toby, but it's really for everyone to enjoy that Toby's leaving. It's yeah. not like a celebration of his time there. It's like, yeah. what and a great day. His performance of Goodbye Toby, like it, he killed it. And yeah. I just love everyone's reaction in the crowd too. Like, Obviously yeah. a big fan of Super Tramp. Everybody else kind of just nodding along. And they know his whole repertoire, too. They're like, oh, yeah, Beers in Heaven. Yeah, that's a banger. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Total Eclipse of the Fart. Pam likes that one, but Jim doesn't like it as much. Yeah. And Holly would love to hear Beers in Heaven, but it's a little soon. It's pretty sexual. Which is so inappropriate because that song's <laughs> about Eric Clapton's kid die. I know. The original I know. And Eric Clapton sucks now, but still, <laughs> it makes it funny. It's really, yeah, it's it's uh, what we'll call appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Michael gets affection from Holly this first day. He doesn't make a that's what she said joke. Oh, yeah. True character development. Which when, it was a it was a slam dunk to say that you can easily get it in but it hard to what was it <laughs> it's easy to get in but hard to rise up yeah he's like a lot of companies are like that <laughs> pretty um you know blunt of a character development but i remember very first time i saw that i was like wow michael is trying a new side of him is coming out i mean unlike kevin the character development is there's a direction for it to go in mm -hmm. you know there's hope yeah uh rebellions are Built on home. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. I wanted to talk about Michael's sweet, sweet grandmother sending him $50 checks nine to 10 times a year. That's a chunk so, of change. That's $5,000. I think it's so funny that they say checks because when it's a check, Wait. you still can choose not to cash it. $50 10 times a year. Oh, 500. Okay. Yeah. 500. Did I was I like, 5,000. Yeah. Okay, I was like, sorry. No, I was just checking my math because, you know, I'm not, that's not my strong suit. I did think that World War II was only 50 years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. So 500. That's the thing that makes it funnier is that he's like going to the bank and taking all these $50 and then putting them into his shoe. <laughs> when he I just know. be like, oh, <laughs> granny is losing her, her memory. I'm not going to like, like, you know, I, I know she only meant to send me one. Yeah. But... The fact that he's actually cashing it. And putting yeah. it in it. And imagine that under your, whatever you call it, the little insole. pat. Insole. Yeah, yeah, like $500, unless that's in $100 bills, like that is quite the uh, extra padding. <laughs> I feel like you'd want to split that up between your two shoes. Otherwise, yeah. you might be walking a little lopsided. <laughs> the foot money. Yeah. But also, is this the same Nana that refuses to invest in the Michael Scott paper company? She seemed pretty with it. Oh, interesting question. I mean, it could be uh, paternal and maternal, but 
it could, but he called her Nana. Like, usually when people have grandparents from different sides, like, they'll give them different nicknames. Yeah. I guess not always. I guess I didn't necessarily. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe oh, it's the other one. We're finding out that now Nana is going downhill. Yeah. Well, happens to the But even then, she's still able to see that the Michael Scott Paper Company doesn't <laughs> quite add up. <laughs> but, yeah, trying to make Holly a mix, asking her if she's in town. Michael. Calling her a baker. Michael, Michael. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's baked on a professional level, to be honest. I mean, that was um, sweet. That was really sweet because that is a good, that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. No, but, you know, he falls in love with her so quickly that he's got to be romantic and believe in true love. Otherwise, it sounds like. And last thing I'll say about this, because I love Michael and Holly. I'm glad they get together and everything. But this thing that happens where when a female enters the workplace. Right. It becomes like immediately like a competition of who is going to date them. And sometimes it's only one person, just as long as it's more, but it's never like they're not going to date someone as soon as possible. But if like a man enters the workplace, like, a, you know, like Andy comes in, it's not like who's going to date Andy. Like nobody's talking about who's going to well, date Andy. Well, except for Charles Minor. Oh, good point. <laughs> But uh, but like in general, like yeah. I think up until this up until this point, it's basically been that where it's like the new girl or whatever, and Aaron when she comes and joins, and everyone's like, "Who's gonna date her?" You know what I mean? Right. And it's almost like they don't have a community outside of their workplace, which I think is true for a lot of people. But it makes things way more complicated. So I don't know why that's the first option. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do love Michael and Holly, so you can't you know can't talk too much. <laughs> Nope. We just gotta, you know, we gotta we gotta be real with everybody. We gotta talk shit on Jim and Pam. Just Can we kidding. please? Um ah, they're good. Jim is open to long distance because Pam gets into the Pratt Art Institute. Two hours away. It's not that that big of a deal. No, it, it isn't. I love that remember Pam got into an art program before with Roy and he was like, Oh, I wanna do that, you know. Do you think that Jim saw that and thought there's no way I could say no because what's interesting is like Jim does kind of have weird boundaries like where like he didn't want Karen to live two blocks away yeah so he didn't like Karen (laughs) yeah uh, no, I, I I don't think so, because he's so quick to say it. And also, when she got into the program, when she was dating Roy, he was like, you definitely got to go. Yeah. And now he's doing the exact same thing. It's like about her, not about him. Yeah. Oh, he's so good with Pam. He's like coaching Michael to not do sexual harassment. He's paying tons of money for fireworks so that Andy can get proposed <laughs> proposal opportunity. And I just think that's really selfless of him. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah, Jim and Pam this episode is like it's cute. They're they're like on the same page about Ryan, especially when Jim calls Ryan back to let him know that oh hey, it sound, looks like you got arrested. Yeah. So she's just, like, oh sure, I'll definitely connect to you. Yeah, I think it's really they're on the same page. They're supportive. They are like ready to get engaged, and it's cute. And this is the follow up, yeah, to them talking about getting engaged. Jim trying at work because Ryan was threatening him before he got that big golf account, you know, like the guy, the golfer guy that sends junk mail last episode. That's probably what he was calling Ryan about. Yeah. So he's he's doing everything. And Pam was at job fair just talking about the different art school options. And now she just gets in. So 
That's right. Yeah. Oh, it was just last episode. Yeah. yeah. The job mm-hmm. fair and the golf thing was last episode. Mm-hmm. Wow. So she applied like, Philadelphia or New York, right? Yeah. New York or Philadelphia. I guess I'll definitely do that. And she, I guess she did like immediately. And the sketches that she submitted seemed to go over well. So yeah, it'll Jim be. Knew they'd love those sketches. I mean, she's not going to make it far, but we don't know that yet. Yeah. It's just Jim's blinded by her naturally nice personality. Mm hmm. So w- one little nitpick, I don't like the expression that Pam uses like, oh, like now is a good time because Jim and I are so stable and later on we'll have a family. I don't like we'll have a family to mean we'll have kids. It's just a little thing. And it's it's like automatically assuming that she's going to take on the bulk of um, child care because Jim obviously goes on to do his gig in philadelphia that's right doesn't think twice about having a family at that point so i agree with you yeah i don't know why she really said that because it does seem like they're good co-parents but yeah she did say she did say that too pam is very traditional when it comes down to it though like she does want like a house and a family and kids and you know so that's a good point with jim leaving although we can practically pretend like that season doesn't exist yeah, in the office but totally. but at this point it's like you know the way pam does go to pratt and she's like living in a dorm hanging out with her friends i could see her not wanting to do that if she had kids yeah that like makes pri- sense. priority wise yeah. but it is weird that jim ends up basically doing that exact same thing after their second kid which would have been pretty close to that you know yeah same age so good point well i just had one more thing which is that michael makes a big speech to defend holly like say like she's the best thing to happen you know Mm -hmm. the reason he makes that speech is because holly's getting hazed because he told dwight to do that earlier yeah it's not as noble as it sounds (laughs) no not at all like he's like why would he was like we hate HR when she got there, except for him. It's like the rock <laughs> where he's like, who did this? And it's like, you did, dude. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, exactly. So I had a few finer things. One is when when Holly's building the chair behind her is a sticker that says, my dog digs Scranton. Like a bumper sticker. <laughs> oh, cute. cute. Michael, when he puts his hands up to tell Toby not to give any suggestions, he says the stop it. But before that, his actual, I don't even think he needed to say. I'll kill you. Y'all kill you. He could have just made that face. Yeah. It would have been just as funny because that face is intense. It is so funny. Oh, my gosh. And my last thing, one of my favorite things that's happened on The Office is when Andy's making his proposal and he comes down to her and he pulls... The sound cord or the uh, mic? Yeah. When he pulls Daryl's keyboard off of the stand. Oh, yeah. Daryl says... Damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite So funny. Lines. So funny. Have a, like, a damn it I'll yelled come... in the middle of your proposal is so funny. I'll come to you, my flower. <laughs> and you hear like a, like kind of like, <laughs> damn it. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all I had. But should we rate this episode? Yes. And you're going to have to tell me the ratings. <laughs> okay. I, I got it. Seven out of seven is... <laughs> Absolutely, I do. Six out of seven is pretzel day. Five out of seven is beach day. Four out of seven is Alfredo Pizza Cafe. Three out of seven is a little stitches. Two out of seven is uh, garbage. Garbage the cat. the cat. Yeah. One out of seven is no. This just stinks. Oh. And zero is no. So it's an eight point scale. <laughs> it it yeah technically. <laughs> 
Who came up with that idea? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Three, Three two, one. Pretzel, pretzel day. day. Oh, Yay! six out of seven. Oh, man. It was a. I gotta tell you. Sometimes good... we don't agree on everything. <laughs> but we do. It was a good episode. Yeah. It was a really Not perfect. Good... But like a big jam packed. Yeah, there's just so much, and I mean, probably because it was two episodes, and it's the season finale. But it's a great episode. Mm-hmm. A great one. I like when we do these ones that they're kind of setting it up some things to like take place over the summer, so that mm-hmm. they can have developed. Like Pam's been there for a while, and mm-hmm. like, you know stuff like that. So I, I I love this kind of big finale really makes you want to watch the next season and luckily we can (laughs) what's uh what's what's your dundee going to mine is gonna go to phyllis for an amazing party i think she pulled it off last minute so i'm gonna give her the party planning dundee all right best party they've ever had i will give mine to ryan howard it was fun while it lasted Better to burn out bright and get arrested than to fade away, my man. <laughs> um, only the good Plus you're on young. YouTube now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a, a guy that we'll probably never, ever see again. The fraud, Dondi. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Recorded twice. <laughs> I just wanted to send a thank out. What's what's that? A thank shout you, out. a shout out. <laughs> thank okay, you, a thank the, out. The two things. <laughs> to uh, Anthony Cody, Orion Forever, Aletha... Uh, Samados, Joe Petch, Petchy, Matt Christopher, and Will O'Brien for all like sending us messages during this time to like either give us feedback on some of the episodes or to like say that you hope that we'd come back and record this because it really did help us to want to come back and record this season four finale. Yeah, there was one email in particular that sticks with me. Like I think about it really often, which is about someone going through a really hard time during COVID and listening to our podcast. And they said, little did you know that you've been gardening, walking a dog and doing all these things with me. And Mm -hmm. I just felt like that was something that when we started this, we weren't really expecting. It was more just for fun. And Mm -hmm. to have this that come from it is like just really inspiring. So thank you so much for that email. I will remember it forever as long as I don't have like dementia or, you know. So yeah, thank you sincerely, and and we also have some reviews. Oh no, because <laughs> what is it bad? Because <laughs> no, I not. remember one time when you were like, "We have some reviews." Oh, actually, um, we'll probably not read this one. I was like, "No, <laughs> now you have to read it." <laughs> no, no. Uh, so we got Steffi five sixty three gave us five stars. It says exactly awesome, no better, no worse. Awesome, so, love. You it. probably thought we were better than awesome, but. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have recently compared this podcast to the office ladies which is also a good podcast but the off five is great in its own right i love their segments and the hosts have good comedic chemistry my favorite part of the podcast is their ability to always make quick references back to previous episodes that is something the office ladies certainly lacks because they haven't watched the show over and over again like a lot of us have oh i noticed that too uh, i have <laughs> about <I> us. really <laughs> no, no, about the office ladies. <laughs> I really enjoy listening and laughing. Please keep posting new episodes. Well, now we have, so you can be happy. Uh, here's another one from Pastor Chow. It says, hiya, buddy. You had me at off five. This podcast is everything I want an office podcast to be. For super fans, by super fans. I started watching the show live from the pilot episode and never stopped, so I rarely hear anyone who knows it as well as my brothers and I do. 
These two make me feel at home with their deep cuts and hot takes discussing one of the best comedies of our time. I love them, so now I will have to check out their Sex in the City pod <laughs> because my philosophy is basically this. And this is something that I live by and always have and always will. <laughs> Don't ever, for any reason, do anything to anyone for any reason ever, no matter what, no matter where or who or who you're with or where you're going or where you've ever been or for whatever reason, start a sentence without ever knowing where it's going, hoping to find it along the way. Oh my gosh, I hope that that person did actually listen to our Sex and the City podcast. He would be like one of four. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't go that long. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't checked out that podcast and you like Sex and the City, or you don't, I think yeah, some good discussion. Me on too. It. I really do too. Like, I never thought about it in that way until we started talking about it. I love the, the audio quality, not as good though. <laughs> I like the deep cuts and hot takes because that's what I'm all about. Yeah. I love hot mustard and deep cuts into sandwiches as well. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back to talk about season four. We had to finish the season. We had we? to. We had to. And depending on the kind of feedback we get, we might just start with season five because, you know. See how it goes. No promises. Yeah, no promises. But it's good to be back behind the mic. And if you have any reviews, leave us on iTunes. We'll uh, read them, even if they're bad. Tell us <laughs> you don't, don't even, like us. Even if they're bad, we will, too. We, like, will yeah. cry through it. You'll make us cry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Peace out. Well, anyway, we just wanted to do a PSA that you shouldn't wear two condoms at the same time. Yeah. I would say odd numbers only. Wear one, three, or five condoms. <laughs> Ouch. Five? Ow. Imagine never two. circulation cut off by that. Yeah. Never four and never zero. <laughs> <laughs> zero is actually a prime number, so isn't yeah. it? No. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, because it would be divisible by anything because you can't divide by zero. I don't know. Or add that to the list of things we need to find out. Oh, that's a list of things we need to cut out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little um, rusty. Goodbye, Toby. It's been nice. Hope you'll find your paradise. Toby. Toby.